This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for May 26th, 2013. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today we come to Trinity Sunday. It's the last day that we'll have light. Um, the next, out of the next 26 Sundays, there will only be one major feast day, and that'll be All Saints Sunday. So it's going to be a long time of green. <laughs> so I hope you like green. And it sort of is the, the, the culmination and the ending of all these festivals we've been celebrating, all the way back from um, Christmas through Lent and, and Holy Week and the great 50 days of Easter and Pentecost, where we recognize who God is in his very person. Now, the doctrine of the Trinity is not the easiest thing to pre preach on, I will tell you. I can remember one time I was at the National Cathedral, and uh, the dean of the cathedral stood up and he said, um, I get this right. the doctrine of the Trinity is nothing more than a metaphor about God made up by a bunch of old men who couldn't think of a better way to describe him. I wanted to stand up and say, never mind. <laughs> I'm not sure why we need to know that, but he seemed to think it was important. But it's actually much more important than that. It's at the, the heart of our very faith. And, and one of the reasons why we have so much trouble with it is that for some reason or other, people spend entirely too much time trying to figure out how God is three and one and one and three. Now, as near as I can tell, the only way you can really understand the how of it is if you're God. Because he's the only one who's like that. I mean, there isn't, aren't human beings who are three and one and one and three. It doesn't make sense. You know, in human standards, of course, it's not human, is it? It's God. And when people try to explain it in a way that's logical to people, inevitably they fail. You know, and you've heard the things about the shamrock, you know, three-leaf clover type thing. Um, well, the problem with that is, is that it's leaves and it's not really God, and each leaf doesn't have its own personality. Some people in more modern times have tried to explain it that it's like water, you know, H2O. You have two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen, and you put them together, and then they're all one thing. But again, the problem is, is that if you took out one of the atoms, what have you got? <laughs> that's probably true. Um, and maybe that's the reason why we have so much trouble with the sermons about it. <laughs> And it really ultimately all boils down to people trying to figure out how to explain the doctrine of the Trinity. But we should get away from trying to explain how God is three and one and one and three and, and go back to what the church did when it came up with the doctrine to begin with, which is why do we know that God is three and one and one and three? Why did God reveal himself to us this way? And why is it significant for us as, as Christians? Or is it just sort of navel-gazing? You know, it's how many angels can dance on the head of a needle kind of thing. But actually, it is central to our faith. And it is very, very different than any other religion in the world. You see, we believe, and that's what we say, we believe, we trust that God is three persons in one being. That he has the ability in one being to have three separate personalities that are co-equal. They're not different, but they're not the same. And while that doesn't make sense logically to us because we're human, it is vital for our salvation. 
So why is that? What, what is important about it? Well, ultimately, it's vital because only God is eternal. There is no immortality outside of God. By very definition, God is immortal. And we are not. And yet, it is also God's very nature to be more than one personality in his being. And so he has conversations with the Son, which we see Jesus talking about, talking with the Father. You know, he sends the Holy Spirit to you know, tell people the truth and lead them into all truth. And it is God's nature to have this sort of diversity within his very being, which is immortal. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, if you remember, what did he take with him? His body, yeah, but he took more than just his body. Hmm? Himself. He took human nature. Us. All of us who would choose to be a part of it. And now, human nature itself is a part of the Godhead. Because in God, that is possible. It's impossible any other way. But in God, what we see is that God came down to earth and took human flesh, which if you think about it, is pretty mind-blowing in and of itself, that a baby could encapsulate the totality of what it means to be God. But he wasn't satisfied to simply come and, and be with us. He wanted to take us up into heaven with him so that we too could have eternal life. And because human nature itself has now become a part of the Godhead, if we will be willing if we are, are open to the possibility of dying to ourselves and living for him, we too can share in that immortal life of God. Now, there are a lot of religions that believe in immortality. I mean, that, that's not anything new. But the immortality is always based on good works, you know, that God will grant it to you if you happen to do all the right things, or enough of the right things anyway, to get there. In, in the Eastern religions of Hinduism and Buddhism, they also believe that you can become one with God and be part of, of the eternal Unfortunately, in, in their view of it, which I call nirvana, you cease to exist as an individual. You just become part of the cosmic whole, as they call it. I like to call it the cosmic blob. You know, and I'm thinking, that doesn't seem like a really good deal to me, that, that you exist, but you're not you anymore. You're just part of an eternal thing. It is only in Christianity that we can die and live forever at the same time that we can have and share in the immortality of God. And there are lots of problems with that, I mean, because there's lots of different ways you can look at death and what happens. For a lot of people, when you die, you're dead. That's it. You cease to be. For some people, they believe that everybody has a spark of the divine in them. You know, there's a, 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 an image of God that's imprinted in our very souls, and so it lives forever. But if you think about it, wouldn't that mean that, that we're all sort of mini-gods? Because we sort of have a little bit of God in us, or at least demigods, or quarter gods, or something. Well, how do you explain sin then, and evil? I mean, it doesn't make much sense. Why would, why would God act that way? Because God's very nature is love. And so there must be something more to it than that. And, and unfortunately, in our society, we've kind of come to a point where I'd say most people believe that everybody gets to, to be raised from the dead and go to heaven. I mean, when was the last time you went to a funeral home and said, well, there's Uncle Harry, he's quick fried to a crackly crunch? I mean, nobody ever says that. What do they always say? He's in a better place. Don't you always want to go, how do you know? 
<laughs> Have you been there? Can you tell me about it? And wouldn't it be great? Well, the only way that we can be with God is if we are already one with God. Because we've already died to ourselves. And we live in Christ. You see, the truth is, is that we don't all get our own individual resurrection. Much as we would like to think that we do. You know, we'd like to think, well, when I die, Jesus will raise me from the dead and I get to have my own resurrection. It's, it's probably have a plaque somewhere, Ron Baird's resurrection. But the truth is, is that that doesn't happen that way. There is only one resurrection, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The only question is, do we want to share in it or not? You remember what happened when Jesus went to see Martha? You know, he had gone there, Lazarus had died. And Martha had come out to meet him and said, Lord, if only you had been here, you could have done something. You could have healed him or something. But now he's dead because you weren't here. Now, what makes that story even more poignant is that Jesus had stalled for three days beforehand. So I don't know if Martha knew that or not, but if not, it's the biggest guilt trip you ever tried to lay on anybody, isn't it? If only you had been here. And he says, well, Martha, your brother will live again. Well, yeah, I know he's going to live in the last day. Yeah, you think that would be good, wouldn't you? And, you know, I know that he'll be raised at the resurrection. And he goes, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Think about that. Jesus himself is the very embodiment of life. Not just biological existence, but eternal life. He's the very embodiment of resurrection himself. And to show that, he does a sign for them. And that's that he raises Lazarus resuscitates, really, Lazarus from the dead. The real resurrection for Lazarus doesn't come until after that, after Jesus has been raised. But the truth is, is that if we have died to ourselves and live in Christ, we have already lived, you know, lived into the resurrection of life. And death is a temporary thing. It's not permanent because we already share in etern- the eternal life of God himself. And that's why the the doctrine of the Trinity is so vital to us. is because without it, how do you get there? What do you do? You know, you you can't. Because only God has immortality. And so the question for us that comes down through the centuries is the same exact one that came down to Martha that day. You know, because the truth is that the doctrine of the Trinity is not about how God manages to be three and one and one three. That's just who he is. The real doctrine of the Trinity is about what it means to us and how it changes us so that we can share in his resurrection. And what Jesus says to Martha, he still says to us today. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Do you believe this? And he's still asking that question. Do you believe? Do you believe that you have already died to yourself? And that it is Christ who lives in you. Because if that is the case, then nothing can ever separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And you need not fear anything in heaven or earth. Because God has already accomplished the victory. That's why this doctrine is so central to the Christian faith. And without it, it isn't Christian. Because the essence of our faith is tied up in the fact, not that God raises up people who do enough of the good things that they earn it, or that somehow or other if you do enough good things you get to sort of exist in a cosmic blob, but rather 
that God loved us so much that He took our very human nature, sinful though it might be, and paid the price so that if we would die to ourselves and live in Him, we too would live with Him forever. Because He didn't want us to not live with Him forever. He is the resurrection. It's not something you have to wait for. It has already occurred. Do you believe this? Amen. You are just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see. Oh, she needs this long